0: Hey fam, and welcome to another episode of the Aligned Performance Podcast, the podcast that helps you to live your most aligned life of purpose and potential so that you can thrive and achieve freedom and fulfillment. My name is Trang. I am your purpose and performance mentor and speaker and your host for the show. And today I have a very special episode for you. This is an episode that has been a long time in the making. It has been a highly requested episode, so thank you for your patience if you are someone who has been requesting this for a while. Today's episode is a guest episode with one of my one-on-one mentoring clients, Laura Brookhart. And I'm really delighted to share this conversation with you because the feedback that I've gotten from the previous client guest episodes that I've done has been that they've been very inspiring. There's stories that many women can relate to and many women can see that these clients of mine, they started out just where they are now and for them to be able to turn things around and take these leaps and make these moves to create their dream career or business or life, it's very empowering and it's very permitting for women to do the same. So, I am very excited to share with you Laura's story today because Laura's story is extremely inspiring. She has worked with me from almost the start. So, we've got so much of her journey to share. Laura started working with me when she was still studying physiotherapy. And she did one of the first rounds of the journey of potential, which is now power your potential, many years back. Um, and along the way, has developed into you know this thriving physio, but then has developed the awareness and the the consciousness to identify that maybe physio isn't her heart's true calling, and that even though she is good at it and it still challenges her, it may still be a smaller version of what she really desires to do, a shadow career of what her soul really calls for. So listen in to Laura's story as she comes to this realization and she then goes all in to build out a personal training studio, build her personal training business where yeah, now she is on her way, well on her way to being able to step into her business full time, um, and I'm yeah, I'm just so excited to share this story with you. Like I am inspired by Laura's work ethic. Uh, we mentioned this in the episode, but I just want to mention it here because. Laura deserves so much acknowledgement for this. Like We have our weekly mentoring sessions and because Laura is in Belgium and um, as many of you know, I am in Melbourne, Australia, our time zones aren't the most friendly. And especially with daylight savings as well, it's created even more of extremity in matching up our time zones. So I'm like I'm a morning person, so I do our mentoring sessions at 6.45 a.m., which is fine for me. But Laura, who is also like ideally a morning person, she does her mentoring sessions at 11 p.m. at night each week. I mean, if you want an example of what commitment and leadership looks like, there it is. (laughs) Um, So let's delay this no more. Let's jump into it. I'm sure that you are wanting to hear from Laura herself. So this is my conversation with Laura Brokart on her journey from being confused to now having her own PT business and well on her way to stepping into it full time. Laura Brokart, hello and welcome to the Aligned Performance Podcast. Hi, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I am so excited too. I feel like this has been a long time coming, don't you think?
1: Yeah, we have been working for a while. So
0: We have been. We've got, we've got a bit of history. We go way back. So we'll, we'll definitely reveal that in a moment. But first, Laura, for anyone who doesn't know who you are, are you able to share with us briefly, let's say in a, a few phrases, At a high level, who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure.
1: I'm 24 years old and I live in Belgium. I graduated as a physiotherapist two years ago, as which I'm working right now at a private practice. And then last December, I started doing my own personal training business, which I'm trying to grow right now.
0: Yes, love that. So much to, so much to unpack with this, this whole process, starting with the fact that you are from Belgium. <laughs> How cool is that? Maybe it doesn't sound that, you know, mind-blowing to you, but from someone who's based in Melbourne, Australia, and most of the listeners, many of them are from Australia, like Belgium is a country on the other side of the world. And I think it's so fantastic that we are able to connect and share such a beautiful partnership from across the world from each other. Like that still blows my mind. I know it's becoming more and more common, but it still really blows my mind. I'm so grateful for this.
1: Yeah, true. Me too. And that's all because you once gave like a talk, like a power talk as a physiotherapist when you were still working as one.
0: Yeah. Throwback, right? (laughs) Throwback. Yeah, no, that's true because that was in 2020. So three years ago now and that, yeah, that was during the pandemic when for the first time, you know, everything closed down. We all went global with online talks and online uh, offerings and services. And I actually got hired by a a physio company in Belgium to do a talk and look at where we are now. (laughs) Yeah, true. Yes. Okay. So that's that, that gives everyone a bit of an idea about how we first connected from Melbourne all the way to Belgium. But Laura, are you able to share with us now in more detail the exact timeline of where you were when we first connected back in 2020 to where you were before the journey of potential, which is now Power Your Potential, and then where you got to after the journey of potential, where you got to before we started our mentoring? and where you are now so just tell us the whole story give us your journey and everything that has happened from when we first connected to now
1: all right I'll try to remember everything it's been a long story so when you gave the power talk I was still in my last year of physiotherapy studies at uni and then after that like 2021 I graduated and I started working immediately. I did like my first job was replacement for four months. And during that time, I was working like 12 to 14 hour work days every day for five days a week. That in combination with like me putting myself under very high pressure, coming straight from uni into the working field, I tried to do everything perfect, which you can't do if you just graduated. And you just start doing something new. And I think that was when you mentioned like journey of potential, which was like perfectly timed as I was just switching jobs. Like I stopped the replacement and I got a new job in which I was working like fewer hours, which was nice. It gave me some like me time that was very needed after those four months. And then we did journey of potential, which like really helped me to change my beliefs around having to do everything perfect from the start. And I think that really helped me like in my new job. And then after Journey of Potential, like that was when I had to like walk my own path for a while. And I think like the strength of Journey of Potential was that I had like a lot of accountability partners because that's what you realize when you have to do it on your own. You become your own accountability partner, but it gets like easier to get back to your old routines, I would say. But yeah, I still like was at a higher level after Journey of Potential. I started like doing my own projects. I started doing some extra courses. I think that was also the time I did my personal training course and I finished it. And that was when you got me on another call to start like one-on-one mentoring. Which was very nice because it gives me accountability every week to level up and to do what needs to be done.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then, and where are you now? Because we started mentoring in what was it, November last year, wasn't it? So it's been seven months now. So where were you specifically before mentoring? And then where are you now?
1: So before mentoring, I had just finished personal training course. And I had like the idea to do something with it, to start my own personal training business, but I was still like figuring it all out. And I really had it like in my mind to do my own business, but I started like getting down the track of, or maybe I should just work for somebody as a personal trainer. And that was when we got on a call. And I think we did a deathbed visualization, And it helped me to get rid of the idea to just work for somebody and actually start my own business. And then I started like building my own personal training studio and got my first clients and now like seven months later, I have like 10 hours per week of personal training and I'm still growing it. So yeah, it's been very nice.
0: Yeah. It's such an incredible story because. It all happened really fast. And I do want to go into more details in a moment. But just so everyone knows, this all actually happened really fast from that first call that we had, where we went through that deathbed visualization. Which, by the way, I laughed a little bit when you mentioned it, because everyone who's done any courses of me will know what this deathbed visualization is and how potent it is and how it can change your world like that. Because it did, it had that effect on you, didn't it, Laura?
1: Yeah, actually, like two times already. We did it twice and two times. It was very powerful.
0: Yeah. So then the second time that you did it, things started moving really fast and you're you're here now with 10 hours a week of PT work. And what have you decided, again, I'll tell everyone so that they are aware, what are your goals? Like, what are your goals for the end of this year? What are your goals going forwards?
1: Like the goal is to do full-time my own business. And I would actually like to have that like at the end of this year to be full time like personal trainer and full time at my own business.
0: Yes. Yes. It gets so lit up by that. Because just us women in today's world, like we have so much power. We have so much access to resources and like and wealth and Opportunity and knowledge that we've never had before. So I get really lit up every time someone says, Yeah, I want to go full time in my business because that is a big dream. But it's so inspiring and it's so permitting for other women as well, seeing you do this, Laura, that oh, if if you can do it, Laura, then we can do it too. And I think that is such a gift to be giving others.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. And it helped because you made me write it down on post-it notes and I just have it all over my house. So I see it like every
0: time I walk through the house. Yes. Do you still have the post-it notes up? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if, if we were doing video, I mean, we are doing video, but if this was primarily a video thing, then I'd probably get up and show everyone all the post-it notes and like just have it everywhere. But yeah. Okay. I think we should touch on that. Actually, we're, we're going off track a little bit. We're not going in the direction that I thought this conversation would go, but you know what? We're here to go with the flow. So can we actually talk about those post-it notes a little bit? Are you able to share with everyone what these post-it notes were all about, Laura, and how you found them to be actually really helpful? Mm, yeah.
1: So when I first had the idea of doing full-time my own business, Like it sounded weird in my head and it was like I didn't quite believe that it would work out like that or not as fast as I would like to. And then you said I should like have it everywhere and see it everywhere. So I like it gets normal in my head. So then I wrote it down on post-it notes and I like put it everywhere, like next to my bed and then in the bathroom. I stick one to the mirror and then at my door. So I, when I leave, I see it. When I wake up, I see it. When I brush my teeth, I see it. So yeah. And when you see it everywhere and like every day, it just gets normal in your head to see it.
0: Yeah. So powerful. That normal concept. Because at the start, you said it felt weird. Like you had this idea and you knew that this is what you wanted but it was weird for you. Are you able to explain a little bit more about what was happening? Like, why was it weird for you? Like, how did it feel inside of your body every time you thought about this goal, every time you thought about this dream?
1: I think it has a lot to do with confidence and like belief in yourself. It felt like, yeah, I want that, but will it work out? Will I be able to pull that off?
0: Yeah. Yeah, because it's such a different reality from what you've ever experienced, right? Like pretty much your, your whole life, you've gone to school, you've gone to uni and the narrative would have been, okay, finish uni, start working as a physiotherapist and that's what you're going to do for the rest of your life, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, that was the plan. The plans
0: change. <laughs> it was, right? So then for you to suddenly in your mind pivot and have this vision of your future to be a completely different path from what it was going to be you know what it was going to be was okay i'm going to work as a physio full time employed position for the rest of my life but now it's pretty much a 180 it's a completely different vision and there's going to be a, a time period of adaptation you know in your mind uh, in your body in your heart it's like okay i've got to adapt to this new vision and that's that's why it would have felt weird and That's why a lot of people are held back from pursuing the things that they deep down want purely because it's weird, you know? It's not what they are used to. It's not what the people around them are doing. It's not what they think is even possible. And all of these internal thoughts and all these internal fears is the obstacle, is the thing that holds them back. Yeah, yeah, true.
1: And I remember I felt like some resistance. Because I had in my head, like, I was gonna work for as a physio my whole life. And then after like not even a year that switched in my head. And then I had in my mind, like, am I wasting my, I've studied for five years. Am I wasting that? And then like, I've worked as a physio. Am I wasting that? And then also like expectations, I think from other people have a lot to do with it. You have in mind, hmm, what will they think if I like, just throw my physio career away, but yeah,
0: yes. That you're so spot on there because there was actually quite a period of time where you were contemplating this idea, or it was maybe this like niggling thought or idea, but you you hadn't taken action on it yet, right? So, how long of a time period do you think it was that you had that idea, you had that that pull, but you hadn't taken action?
1: I think like it actually even started during my studies like even during journey of potential but it was like another project I wanted to do something with like the elderly I wanted to get them to move more so I had this whole idea and then I thought about it a lot I took some action here and there but like not consistently and then like when we had that one-on-one call before we started one-on-one mentoring we just found out that that was not the right project for me, and that I actually wanted to do something with personal training. But yeah, it has been a constant in my life after graduation that I wanted to start a business, but I only just did like last December. I started going for it, like all in.
0: Wow. So you've had this niggling thought for, what would it be? Maybe a few years? Yeah, almost two years two years. Yeah, two years you've had this niggling thought, but then you hadn't taken action on it because of everything that you mentioned before. It's a long time. But then having said that, you did say that you started this elderly project. Are you able to briefly describe, Laura, what this elderly project was and what you think caused you to not actually go all in on that?
1: During my studies, I worked as a physiotherapist at like elderly homes. And I always like found it hard to see that they were not moving enough. So then I had this idea of starting a project to help them and get them to move more. And then I actually took action, but like I took action. Then I did nothing for a month and then I took action again. And then it was always like that. And I think what held me back was imposter syndrome, definitely. And that like led me to procrastinate a lot. But then also like deep down, I think it was not what I actually wanted. I think it would like, I really enjoy working with people that want to work with me as well. And I think with the elderly project, I would have put a lot of energy in it and I would not get as much back as i'm having right now with my personal training business
0: that is such a good point laura i'm so glad that you bring that up because i think a lot of people a, a lot of people would resonate with that mm. yeah and i think another way of looking at that is that you had this calling you had this this deep pull towards something big and At this point in time, that's something big is you going all in on your personal training business. But at that time, because there was all this resistance and all these fears and imposter syndrome, you settled for what I call a shadow career and that that's actually taken from Oh, I'm going to like I want to put it in the show notes there is a man who has coined this idea of the shadow career where you have this deep call and it's like your dream career but because it's so big so far away so out of reach you take a step that kind of resembles this dream career and it is a little bit representative of it and it makes you feel like you're putting yourself out there but it's still just a micro version of your real dream career it's like a shadow career. It's a smaller version of what your dream career was going to be. Do you think that that was what this project was to you, to some degree?
1: Yeah. Thinking back of it, I would say yes. Like during that time, it felt like something I really wanted. But then again, like we did the deathbed visualization and then, or I realized it was not what I actually wanted and that what I'm doing now is what I wanted.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I've just remembered who the author is, who's come up with this concept of the, the shadow career. And it's Steven Pressfield, who's a fantastic author. I'd highly recommend anyone get a, who's interested in this concept, look at his work. Because he was the same. You know, He was someone who dreamt of becoming an author. And he didn't actually publish his first book until later in life, like at least in his 40s, if not even later. But he had this dream his whole life to become an author. And up until he published his very first book, he settled for so many shadow careers. And one of them I remember him talking about was actually truck driving, which sounds interesting because it doesn't really have any obvious resemblance to writing books. But what he said was doing truck driving was actually a shadow career because it gave him that sense of freedom. Of, okay, he can jump into a track and drive long distances. He can travel, he can see different locations. And that was what he thought he wanted from truck driving, but it was actually simply symbolic of what he really wanted, which is like that freedom to express himself through words, through books that he can share with the world. So, yeah, I think that's a really big concept that a lot of people would be able to resonate with.
1: Yeah, yeah, true. And I think like for me, even working as a physio feels like a bit of a shadow career because like I have a passion for sports and I like to get people have that same passion or have them to enjoy their sports. And I think like before I started studying, I would find that as a physiotherapist, but it turns out like not as much. And then I think personal training is perfect for that.
0: Yeah, okay. This is interesting, Laura, because this elderly project, even physiotherapy for you, is a shadow career. And you can acknowledge that now. You can recognize that, right? And you can recognize that, you know, doing your personal training business, that is your calling. Like, you love it so much. Ever since you've gone all in, you've gone all in. You know, it, it is exactly what you want to be doing and it lights you up. But this is something that you didn't recognize only nine months ago, you didn't actually fully recognize this. So for anyone who's listening to this and they're like, oh my gosh, I think this is me. I think I'm in a shadow career. What advice do you have for them in terms of like, what are the feelings or the thoughts or the signs that you might've been in a shadow career and that you're calling for something else? I think
1: you just have to think about how much you enjoy getting to work and how much you enjoy like getting out of bed in the morning. Like if you have to drag yourself to your work, it's probably not like your passion or something you want to do for the rest of your life. And then like during work, if you are counting down the hours till you get like you can go home, it's probably also a sign that you don't enjoy being there that much.
0: Yeah, yeah, big ones there. Anything else? I can't think of anything.
1: I think those were the biggest ones for me. Yeah. yeah. And just like a subconscious feeling, I would say. It's like I didn't quite get why I didn't enjoy it to be there that much. But now, like after doing a lot of reflection, I can see it now. Why I was not like always fully passionate about my physio work.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, Laura, because you can't really put a quantifiable measurement on that subconscious intuitive feeling. But there's something to say about one's intuition, right? There's something to say about gut feeling that you get, whether it's at nighttime, on the weekends. like that is your soul. That is your heart speaking to you. Yeah, yeah.
1: And like, for me, like my first job, I did that four month replacement and during that time I was working like 12 to 14 hour days and I just thought yeah that will be the reason why I'm not passionate about this just because I'm working such long days but then I got to my new job where I'm not working as much hours and then there was still that feeling it was better but not as I expected it to be.
0: Yeah that's an interesting point so you had to experience, you know, not working 12 to 14 hour days. You had to almost like create a bit of a controlled trial. You had to control the variables variables a little bit so that you could discern, I'm working standard hours, but there's still something not quite right.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's life.
1: It was hard to admit. Like I did at first, I didn't want to admit As you said, like, it took me a long time to actually realize that it's actually a shadow career.
0: Yeah. What do you think made it hard for you to admit that this was a shadow career?
1: I think just like the things I already said, having the feeling that I am wasting my studies and like what I've worked hard for, but it's actually not like a waste. Like, the knowledge I have and the experience I have as a physio will. Like, help me in my further career as well.
0: And it already has. We can see that already. (laughs) Yeah, that's a common experience. I know I had that as well when I finished up with physio. It's like, it's what I wanted when I was in high school, four years at uni for me, five years for you, even longer, a couple of years of work in the workforce. And it's like, I've almost spent a decade, almost a decade in this field. And so it feels like such a waste to to change completely, and then that narrative also gets you know reaffirmed by other people in our lives. Especially, I'm not sure if you had this, but my parents really uh, you know strengthened that fear, and that's that's them you know doing the best they can with what they know. That's them wanting the best for me, which is security, which is you know me to be able to support myself. But didn't help because it fed into that narrative, and it was in a way, coming from a place of scarcity of, oh, if you change now, like what if you never find security again? What if you never find a career that's as good as the current one again? And That's coming from a place of scarcity rather than abundance, which is the thinking of, you know what? There is so much opportunity out there. If you let this go now, 20 other doors are going to open up for you and there are so many more chances to build bigger and better and greater.
1: Yeah, that's definitely true. And I think like that also happens for me whenever I say like I wanna be like full time personal trainer and I want to like let go of the physio work, like people are like, Really? You've studied for five years and like physio gives you like a lot of safety, I would say. Like people think of it as secure job, but then yeah, if it's not what you want, you should just go for what you
0: actually want yes yes if it's not what you want you should go for what you actually want like that that's the key because what we're talking about here there's a name for it it's it's called the sunken cost fallacy which is the fear of abandoning something due to not wanting to waste the effort and the time and the resources that have gone into it but really as you say if it's not what you really want, it's not what you really want. Like you may be wasting and we've already established we're not actually wasting anything because there's so many skills and so much value that we've gotten in the past that will feed into our future path. But we could waste, in quotation marks, those years of our life or we would otherwise be wasting something else. If we were to stay this path, we'd otherwise be wasting the rest of our life. Like if we don't change, if we just stick to what it is that we're comfortable with due to fear, then are we not then choosing to waste the rest of our days? That is the other cost that people don't think about. Yeah,
1: true. And I feel like very bad for people. A lot of patients of mine, when they come in, they are talking about their job. And you can hear that they are like not enjoying it. They have to drag themselves there. And I feel very like sorry for them. And I hope they actually find out what they want and like start doing it as well.
0: Yeah, that's like what you said before, Laura, about the signs that you were in a shadow career. So, you know, dragging yourself out of bed, counting down the hours till the end of the workday. And the thing about those signs is that I would say a majority of people live that life. And I used to too. And I used to think that that was just normal, that I just thought that that was the way it was and the way it had to be. But both of us, you know, taking that leap to be on the other side, we know that it doesn't have to be that way. It is actually possible to go to work and not be dreading, not be dreading it and not be counting down the hours to the end of the workday, right? There is another reality. Yeah, true. So for you, right, like after we did this deathbed visualization and this was, when was this, maybe September or so last year? And then you became really clear on what it is that you needed to do. What work did you do specifically, right? Like, because you've gone from having all this fear, having all this resistance to making some pretty quick moves. You made some moves very quickly between, say, September last year to about December, January uh, this year. So before we even go into what moves you made, what do you think shifted in you after that deathbed of visualization? And what specific inner work did you do to start working through these fears and these limited beliefs that you had it's
1: funny because I don't know what changed I think like the visualization was just that powerful and I saw what I wanted and then I just like jumped straight in and I started doing everything that was needed to start my own personal training business like I remember I didn't even, Yeah, you did. Yeah, I didn't even have to do much like inner work. I just jumped in and started.
0: <laughs> I love that. Okay. All right. Well, maybe let's let's talk about this deathbed visualization and how it's that transformational and revolutionary in a 60-minute call. Laura, would you like to describe what this deathbed visualization is and what it brought out for you?
1: Yeah sure so like at first it's like thinking about what you're doing right now with your life and then if you were doing the things you're doing now and you get to your deathbed like how that would make you feel and then most of the time when you're like not living your true potential it's not a very happy moment to see or to visualize and then like the other way around then you Talk me through being like the highest version of myself. And if you were doing all those things, how that would make you feel at your deathbed. And yeah, just the difference between the two is very powerful. And like, it makes you a bit scared to live your life the way you are doing now and makes you want to level up to your highest potential. And then it just makes you like, jump into the things you want to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that you did. Cause can you please share with us now, yeah, what moves you made, what actions you took within that time period of a few months that would and I said this to you, that would otherwise take people like a year. You did so fast. Cause I remember we did that deathbed visualization and then I don't think we spoke for maybe a few weeks because it was up to you to put in the work. We hadn't started our mentoring yet because there was a wait list and then you just messaged me out of the blue one day and you're like, Oh hey. Just letting you know I've done this and that. I'm like, What? <laughs> you did what? Yeah. Okay, please, you're gonna tell us what um what did you do in that time period with this this newfound like clarity and conviction and energy that you had?
1: Yeah, I remember I sent you a picture of like paint and I said like, Hey, I'm building my own studio and then you were like, What? How did that happen so fast? <laughs> so after our call
0: yes okay yeah
1: yeah after our call i tried to find a location for my own studio and like my grandmother just said hey you can take like my upstairs i'm not using it so you can build your studio there and i just did i built it up from scratch and then i got my equipment and i think i was done like, December or, like, half November, like, a month of building it, and then I started getting my first two clients, and then from there, like, it actually went quite fast, faster than I thought it would, and then the clients just got in, and they actually signed up for, like, 20 sessions, most of them, which is, like, the highest investment, and it just, like, I think just doing that and everything happening so fast helped me to like change my beliefs because I believed it would be hard to build my own business but it actually has been quite fun and yeah I haven't had the feeling that it's been or that it has taken that much energy of me. It's just been fun to do and I get a lot of energy of it.
0: Yes. That is so powerful right there. But for a second, I do want to go back and at least shine the spotlight a little bit more on you building your studio in the upstairs space of your grandma's house. Because what you just said before, Laura, I don't know if you picked this up. You said, oh yeah, I just did it. I just built it up. And you were so casual about it. But like. There were a lot of steps. Like there was a lot, a lot of not necessarily renovating, but like retouching up and redoing of the place, right? So, what did you actually have to do? Can you share with us all of the steps that you took within that time period? Yeah.
1: So I had to like paint the walls and actually put a new wall in it because like I had to make like separate rooms, and then I put a new floor in it as well, installed the lighting, and then. I had like my equipment, even like all the weights. I had to carry them all upstairs, so that was a workout itself.
0: That is so epic, Laura. Like I don't, I am so in awe of you know the commitment that you put in because this point in time, you hadn't generated any income yet from the business because you were just setting it up. And this is the difference between an online business and an in-person business. You had to invest all of your time, your energy, your resources before you'd even made your first dollar. And that is commitment. That requires so much deep conviction and self-belief and just having that vision that you are so dedicated towards. And I think that deathbed visualization opened up so much for you. But the point of this is, yes, all of that physical stuff that you did is very, very impressive, but it's the power of that inner work, of that shift inside of you that created ripples of a change in your results and in your life as a result of it. Like it all started with that shift inside of you. Yeah. Yeah, that's true.
1: And like thinking back of it, it's like weird. It's like, I don't get why that happened so fast, but it just did. And that's okay. It's been a very nice last seven months ever since.
0: Yeah. So where you are now, Laura, is that you have you know your PT business that's growing. You're on track to becoming full-time. You're on track to creating a dream reality so i would love to hear what have been your biggest wins over this time period like what have you been most grateful for building out this business
1: i think the biggest one would be that i have the feeling that i like got over my fear of failure in the past i always like before i wanted to do something i always used to think but what if like doesn't work out then i will feel like a failure ever since i started doing this business i have whenever i have an idea i just do it and it doesn't even matter if it doesn't go perfectly i'm okay with that it's just like i enjoy trying out new things and just going for it and i think that like that affects not not only like business but also like the rest of my life it's very nice to be able to just do things and not have to overthink it
0: yeah. Yes. Epic. And curious, what would you say has been your biggest challenge since you've started out the business and how have you overcome it? I would say I have had a bit of
1: challenges with like some clients, but I wouldn't say that's like the hardest thing. Cause as you taught me, like you have to embrace challenges to get better. I think for me, the biggest challenge is to stay like a bit of imbalance between like going really hard and going after my goals, but then still like also have the balance to take some time off and be in touch with my emotions and not only focus on business, but also on emotions and like free time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And have you done that? Like I try to plan free time. I actually block it in my agenda. But then also like you helped me because you challenged me to take 24 hours of silence like a few weeks back. And I think that has changed a lot for me.
0: Yeah. Can you share more about these 24 hours of silence? Because it's not just not talking for 24 hours. It was more than that.
1: <laughs> yeah, true. So, yeah, just because I had the feeling that I was getting myself very busy and I was just doing all the time and getting out of touch with my emotions you challenged me to like take a whole day off with no talking no phone like no music no reading no journaling even and then additionally like no food and I remember that when you mentioned it to me I got like very nervous and almost anxious but it was actually like a great experience I felt a lot of resistance because I tend to run from my emotions. But when you're like 24 hours alone in silence, you kind of have to face it. Yeah, it was really
0: powerful. You did so well with that. And you didn't even do it at home because that's the other thing. When you're sitting at home, it's a very familiar environment. So you might not be as inspired, but you actually left the country, didn't you? (laughs) I went to France. Yeah, I took the car and I drove to
1: France and then I spent the day there, I slept there. And then when I woke up, I could come back to the, the real world out of silence. Wow.
0: <laughs> and didn't you say, didn't you say that by the end, you almost didn't want to come back into the real world?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I remember I woke up and then I thought I'm first gonna like write down, like I'm gonna journal on everything that came up. So I think that took like an hour. But then after it, I was like, all right, so now I can actually check my phone. But do I really want to? Do I want to break like the 24 hours of stillness already? Um, Yeah, I felt a bit resistant.
0: Yes, (laughs) I had that as well when I did it. Mm -hmm. Yes, amazing. So much to learn from that, Laura. We are getting to the end of this conversation and I do want to ask you one final question before we go into the rapid fire question. And based on your experiences, based on your journey of all the ups and downs and all the challenges and all the achievements that you've had, for anyone who's listening, who resonates with your story, who wants to achieve what you are currently achieving and will yet to achieve, what final words would you like to leave with the listeners? I
1: think the biggest one would be that you will not die if something goes not perfectly. I think that's a big one for me. I think that has helped me back in the past. And if you like stop letting that hold you back and you just start doing, and like without being afraid of it being not perfect, I think you will start to try out more things and that will help you to do what you want and get the career that you want. Or like even in your private life, it will get you to like new opportunities. I love that. That's such a great mantra. And then also just like, even if you start doing very much, like keep in mind that you also need your balance. Like you need your off time and you can still enjoy like free time. Yes,
0: here, here. (laughs) All for that. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. So let's go into the rapid fire questions. So five rapid fire questions I want to ask you. So we have a little bit of fun. Are you ready for it? Yeah. Okay. First one. What is your favorite movie?
1: I'm gonna say The Heat. I don't know if you know it. I don't watch a lot of movies, but that one, I just find it like funny.
0: Do you know it? Oh, I do not. Is it in in, available in English? Like,
1: (laughs) can I watch it? It's in English. It's like the heat. It's with Sandra Bullock. It's about two police officers that, like, women that try to make it in a man's world.
0: Yeah. Oh, actually, it sounds familiar. I'm I'm literally googling it right now. Okay, it's on the list. I don't watch heaps of movies either, but now we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get around it. Next question, mornings or nights? I'm going to say mornings,
1: even though I, I tend to be like a bit of a night owl, but I want to be a morning person. So I'm going to say mornings.
0: Yeah. And I think I have to take this opportunity right here to give you so much kudos, because even though you, you want to be more of a morning person you showcase so much commitment to your development because we have our weekly mentoring sessions 11 p.m. your time. And that is just so much commitment because, yeah, like I personally pretty much asleep by that time every night. So, yeah, well done to you committing to to your development so much and clearly it's paid off. Yeah, definitely. Most memorable place you've ever traveled? For the place, I would say Norway,
1: but then like the whole experience, I would say Finland because I've been there for three months, and yeah. Ooh, okay, that was like the, the biggest experience of my life.
0: Wow. Okay, I need to dig into that a little bit more. What about Norway was memorable, and then what about Finland was memorable when you were there?
1: Like Norway, I just love the nature. Like I'm in love. If I ever, like, move to another country, it will definitely be Norway. And then, like, Finland, like, nature as well. But I think Norway is, like, prettier. But in Finland, I've been for three months because I did my internships there. And, yeah, just, like, everything around it and being there for three months gets, like, gets me to, yeah. Finland is definitely in my heart.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. How many coffees a day? Zero. I don't drink coffee. Yay, like non-caffeine buddies, you and me. But the, I've got to say, I reckon at least half of the guests say zero coffees a day, which surprises me because like, there is such a culture for coffee. So I'm like, where are all these non-coffee drinkers coming from Like in day to day? I never see them, but on this podcast, they're all here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we just have already enough energy
0: yeah exactly that's right that's what i was gonna say we have enough energy from the sunlight just from the force of life we've got enough yeah (laughs) and last question for you laura if you could do just one hobby for the rest of your life what would it be Mm, let's say soccer or football of course i didn't even need to ask (sighs) well laura what a lovely conversation this has been. It's been really nice for me to actually take that trip down memory lane and to go through your whole journey from start to finish again. I've really enjoyed that. Before we wrap it up, for anyone who is interested in finding out more about you, asking you any questions, or even joining your personal training services, where's the best place for them to find you?
1: Like either Instagram or Facebook both just personal training Laura Brucart.
0: oh okay perfect I'll put that in the podcast show notes I'll put the spelling and I've actually just realized have I been pronouncing your name wrong this whole time <laughs> is it Brucart, not Brokart it's
1: Brucart, but like English you cannot pronounce it it's okay
0: oh should we try it okay let's have a quick fast track to listen is it Laura Brucart? No. It's close.
1: In Dutch we pronounce my full name as Laura Bruekaart.
0: Laura Bruckart.
1: And that was better. Yeah, that's close
0: enough. Okay, we'll take it. It sounds the same to me, but obviously to you. You're like, no, not quite. It's like probably like the slightest like roll of the tongue that's not quite there, or the slightest accent that's not quite there, and I can't even hear it. Anyway, Laura. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. This has been a fantastic conversation. I know it's going to be so empowering for other women out there who want to do the same. So I really appreciate you coming onto the show.
1: Thank you for having me and for the opportunity. It
0: was very nice. Beautiful. Wow. What a journey Laura has walked. I really hope that that has been inspiring for you because... As you heard, Laura's journey hasn't been straightforward. There have been highs and lows and unexpected twists and turns and detours, but where she is now is exactly in alignment to her her heart's true calling and she is loving it. And the thing is, if you are listening to this and you are in the depths of the confusion or the uncertainty or maybe the the, the darkness of your current career path, and you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, just know that where you are now has nothing to do with where you could be in six months, let alone in 12 months, or let alone in three years. But the first step that you do need to take, as you heard from Laura, is the first step. You've got to take your first step, to start moving in the direction that you do want to move in. And that might just be taking your first step to seek clarity. You heard the power of the deathbed visualization. So if that is relevant for you, if you are in this place and you do want guidance on getting clarity on your purpose, what you want to do with your life, or you want that guidance and that support to build out a side hustle that you want to eventually maybe become a full-time hustle then please feel free to reach out to me um, i am here for you my the door is open for you I've got now a couple of spots left for mentoring for the remainder of the year and i would like to extend that invite to you if you are someone who is committed who's ready to do the work but you just need the guidance and the resources to get there and if you are someone who wants training if you are someone whether you're in belgium or you're from anywhere else in the world if you heard laura's story and you were inspired by her and you want to be you want to be close to her then please feel free to reach out to her i'll put the uh, all of the contact details in the podcast show notes and that's it i really hope that you enjoyed that episode i do always get fantastic feedback on clients guest episodes. So please let me know what you thought of this episode. Let me know what you got from it. And I am planning to have some more guest episodes, uh, client guest episodes in the coming months as well. So keep an eye out for that. All right, you have a beautiful day, have a beautiful week, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.